Greetings. I am Agent Ash, head speaking ear for Mr. Eerie. I'm delighted you've joined me for another audio training installment lifted from Mr. Eerie's Empty Book of Everything. If you're unfamiliar with the Empty Book, or how Mr. Eerie's anti-invisible soda pops work, please consider listening to the Eerie and Listy audio episodes in non-bottle number order. Our suggestion would be bottle 14, then 132, followed by bottle 929. All of these previous training experiences will serve you well on your journey toward agentdom and ensure we are all on the same page, figuratively and possibly literally. Now that we are all caught up, it's of the utmost importance that we discuss quick-stop convenience shops. It may startle you to know that there's just one convenience-style shop in the town of Gloom. There is little need for alarm, as enlistees boarded at the dorms in Gloom enjoy access to Mr. Eerie's secret snack alleys, which have everything you'll need for those long detective study sessions. In fact, the only thing missing from the plentiful yet secret snack alleys are slushy-style drinks. If alarm bells are ringing in your head at that revelation, rest assured, you are not alone. Many enlistees have complained about the lack of dispensable frosty sugar-filled drinks in the alleys. This is one of the prime reasons for the existence of Mr. Eerie's anti-invisible soda pop bottle, number 711. Bottle number 711 is a silver-capped common soda bottle opened with a right-right-left twisting pattern, followed by a slight shake. You most likely will never find one of these bottles, but if you were to go looking for one, the most common place for them to turn up is in a hardware store next to the bags of road salt. Once popping off the cap and taking a sip of the soda, one would taste notes of cherry, raspberry, cola, lime, banana, grape, watermelon, and lemonade. Those who choose to spill the remainder of bottle 7-Eleven onto an empty page will find the content it reveals to be of the utmost interest to fans of drinkable snow. Two lists will appear on the empty page along with some colourful illustrations of enlistees experiencing something called brain freeze. The first list is to make up for the lack of slurpable drinks in the snack alleys. This just-for-fun list contains official slushy-based drink-flavour mix-em-up combinations. For example, it has the flavour mix recipe for a fizzy whisper, which is made from three pulls cola, two pulls vanilla, a pull of cherry, and a half pull of peppermint. It also has my favourite slurpable drink mix, the Cocoa Rail Berry Whistle Nut, which is a raspberry base mixed with slushy pulls of coconut, dark chocolate and pistachio. Of course, many enlistees, especially first years who seem impervious to tummy aches, seem to enjoy mixing electric fizz with coffee a la mode and a dash of soda from bottle number 14, off to a grape start. This combination is unsurprisingly called Lights Out. I could go on, but there is no need, as all the slurpable frozen slush-based drink combinations available from a sugar-frost slushy machine are well documented on a page, revealed by bottle number 7, 11. The second list on the page is a bit more serious, for not everything that comes from a sugar-frost slush machine behaves the way it should, and some flavours have features that all agents should know about. Case in point, Eerie Enliste. Mazzy de Fleur, whose final exam account contained the following encounter report. Here to read said report 
is Agent Almost Otherly from the Department of Frost and Follies. Well met. My name is Agent Almost, here to read the account of Enlistee Mazzy de Fleur. Let us begin, shall we? If you walk two blocks north on Lower Centre Alley and look to your left, just before the alley meets 3rd Main Street, you'd see a multi-storey building with an exciting arrangement of floors and windows. This building serves as a dormitory for Mr Eerie's School of the Odd and Unusual. It's a peculiar building, which is to say it barely stands out. Like all buildings in gloom, this enlistee residence looks like it was designed by an architect who'd only studied the block-stacking abilities of children with poor hand-eye coordination. If you found the front door of the building, which is easier said than done, and were somehow able to open the puzzle latch, which I sincerely doubt you'd be able to crack, you'd find yourself inside the dormitory's main lobby. It's not a place you'd want to stay long, as it's filled with wet raincoats and soggy galoshes. In fact, the only thing you'd find interesting in the lobby is the set of wooden stairs that you could climb if you knew how many stairs to skip with each step. If you didn't know the stepping code, which I don't think you do, you'd find yourself slipping down a smooth slide made of wood back to the wet and soggy lobby which, as previously stated, is filled with clothes made for damp weather. Assuming for a moment that you made it up the stairs and understood that some of the second-floor dorm rooms are on the third floor, and some of the third-floor dorms can only be accessed by climbing out of a window and walking on a narrow wooden ledge around the outside and into another window, then you might find the room of Mazzy de Fleur, a third and final year in Listy at the odd and unusual school for soon-to-be detectives. If you'd done all these things and found yourself at Mazzy's door on the Tuesday of the semester's last week, you might have been able to hear Mazzy de Fleur pacing around her room, tapping on a calendar hanging on the only wall that didn't have a window on it. The tapping you'd hear would be loud and deliberate, and you might wonder why someone was tapping a calendar with such enthusiasm. With this wonderment in mind, I hope you will be satisfied with this accurate account of why. Just above 3rd Main Street in a dormitory room with a view of a steam vent, Mazzy de Fleur tapped her school calendar with a pronounced and anxious rhythm. "'I can't believe I have to wait three more days to graduate,' said Mazzy, moving her finger from Tuesday the 10th to Friday the 13th. Three whole days until my final exam and the opportunity to finally become a disturbing detective agent.' A concerned look found its way onto Mazzy's face right below her damp curls of red clumpy hair. I wish I could have gone first, she said, sitting down at her desk and flipping open her empty book. It's my name, that's the problem, Mazzy thought. Two Z's right in the middle. Who'd have thought that'd put me dead last to go? In fact, Mazzy's name was indeed the problem, and it had been for some time. In elementary school, she was able to shrug off teasing that took on various forms of the quip. Mazzy, your name is so boring it falls asleep in the middle. But now, 
now that she was at Mr. Eerie's, the two Zs in the middle of her name were causing a problem much larger than grade school joking. One, she was having trouble ignoring. If only she'd had a name like her classmate Brant, with two A's, she would have had her final exam last week. If her first name was Abby, like Abby May, the girl she'd once investigated an odd case of acorns sprouting into baked potatoes with, she would have had her last exam yesterday. But with two Zs right in the middle of her name, she was going to have to wait. And it was all due to Mr. Eerie's policy that final exams be given in alphabetical order based on the middle two letters of a student's first name. Mazzy was stuck, and she knew there was nothing she could do about it other than wait. Mr. Eerie's policies were nothing if not set in stone. Maybe waiting is good, she said to herself, trying to look on the bright side. More time to study, I suppose. With that thought, Mazzy flipped through the pages of her empty book and stopped at the page about the school's exam policy. There she saw the paragraph outlining the middle letter test order policy and a note about exams being given rain or shine. At least that's good news, Mazzy said. If they stopped exams for rain, there'd never be any tests at all. Mazzy was right. It rained a lot in gloom, and Mr. Eerie's only cancelled class for wandering waterfalls or barge-in blizzards, neither things Mazzy had ever experienced. She looked outside at the grey, gloomy sky and sighed. Oh, I can't wait to get out of here, she said. I can't wait to be done studying. She flipped through a few more pages in the book, stopping at one on the requirements for joining a mystery league. Would these requirements be on her final exam? she wondered, then began rereading the information. Oh, who am I kidding? she said. I know this stuff backward and forward. I'm ready, and I don't want to wait any longer. I don't want to be the last to pass. I don't want to get left behind. Just then her stomach growled, not an angry growl as if she'd forgotten to eat anything of substance, but more of a congratulatory growl, like she ought to be proud of all she'd accomplished during her three years at Mr. Eerie's. And right now, while waiting for her final exam, the best thing to do was relax and try to take her mind off it. Something best done with a snack. Mazzy left her room, climbed out of the hall window and onto a thin wooden ledge. As she shimmied her way along the outside of the dormitory, she could see other enlistees celebrating and congratulating each other on their graduation. Outside in that fog, looking down on gloom, Mazzy de Fleur felt a familiar feeling, one best described with two words, left out. A damp red curl of hair flopped down in front of her eyes. She tried to blow it back into its place, but it had become too soggy to move, like almost everything in gloom. Back in through the south side window, Mazzy headed down the stairwell, skipping past an odd interval of steps. In the lobby, she threw on her eerie galoshes and raincoat and headed out into Lower Centre Alley. The weather was warm and dreary that day, and the cobbles were wet, glistening in small beams breaking through the midday clouds. Mazzy's red curls flopped down in front of her face again. Ugh, she said, tossing them back with her bare hand. Annoying. In addition to wishing she didn't have two Zs right in the middle of her name, Mazzy also wished she didn't have such curly hair. The gloom weather didn't agree with it, 
In fact, last year she'd come to understand that there were only two types of curly hair days in gloom, frizzy and clumpy. Seeing as there were no thunderclouds charged with static electricity above, Mazzy resigned to herself that it was going to be a clumpy sort of curly hair day. Just then, a young boy, maybe ten, came walking down the alley. He came to a dead stop upon noticing Mazzy in her official school-issued raincoat and galoshes. Mazzy almost didn't notice the attention being an eerie enlistee commanded any more. Still, this boy's eyes were bright and hard to miss. So she stopped for a moment, letting him take in the wonder of her coveted fish-stick yellow raincoat and its oversized white skull buttons. Then she held up a foot, revealing her navy blue rain boots, then put it down and twisted her foot on the wet ground. The boy smiled as the boot failed to make even the slightest sound. Mr. Eerie's squeakless boots, she said. The boy's smile widened with wonder. Whoa, said the boy. Can I wear them? Mazzy smiled at the idea of trading shoes with a ten-year-old. Afraid not, she said. For endless defeat only. But don't worry, she added. I can see you've got the making of an agent in you, so you'll have your own boots some day. The boy raised his head from looking at Mazzy's boots and had a wide smile on his face. You think so? he asked. You think I could be an agent? Of course, said Mazzy. What's your name? I'll put in a good word for you. My name? the boy asked. It's Billingsley, Billingsley Bash. Hi there, Billingsley. I'm third year enlistee, Mazzy de Fleur. The boy's face lit up at the confirmation that he was talking to a third-year enlistee. Are you in any leagues? the boy asked. No, haven't passed my final exam yet, Mazzy said. Oh, said the boy, taking a long slurp of what looked like a canister of cola-coloured snow. Is it going to be hard? he asked. The exam? I don't know, I think so, Mazzy answered. Well, I hope you pass, said the boy taking another long slurp. What have you got there? asked Mazzy. The boy held up his cup of frosty cola. It's a sugar frost slush, he said. Looks yummy, said Mazzy. Wait, you mean... You've never had one? asked the boy. They're delicious. No, she said. I don't think I have. In fact, she hadn't. Since arriving in gloom, Mazzy had been so dedicated to her studies and developing her sleuthing skills. She'd really only eaten at the school's snackateria and, of course, all of Mr. Eerie's secret snack alleys. She'd heard of sugarfrost slushes, but was now just realising that she'd never had one. Where can I get one? asked Mazzy, deciding this was just the treat she needed to take her mind off the final exam. At Hasty Halls said the boy. North edge of town, in between the empty lots. Hasty halls, said Mazzy. She knew the name and she thought she knew the location. Well, she thought, thanks for the information, Billingsley Bash. I suppose I should try one before I hopefully graduate and get called away on detective work. Mazzy smiled as she saw the boy's face shimmer with the knowledge that he'd just helped a real enlistee. She reached into her pocket and pulled out a small white object. Here you go, she said, handing a white wood-carved button in the shape of a skull to the boy. Wow, he exclaimed, a skull button. You can just give these out. 
It's my spare, she said. I made it three years without losing a single skull button, so I get to give this one away. Thanks, said the boy. You're welcome, said Mazzy. Now remember, an agent's job is to stand in the rain without getting wet. It's a hard job, and it helps to have good buttons. Mazzy hoped Billingsley understood she wasn't talking about literal rain. But even if he didn't, she knew some day he would. She watched as the young boy spun around in the street holding his new button in the air. He yelled another excited thanks and darted off down the alley, presumably to go show his friends. Mazzy headed off as well, to the north in search of a sugar-frost slush. After a damp walk many blocks to the north, Mazzy arrived at Hasty Hall's convenience shop. She stood before the building, wondering why she'd never been in before. No time, she supposed, not with all the studying she'd done. She'd mostly kept to Mr. Erie's secret stores and alleyways, the ones reserved for enlistees. But now, at the end of her training, she was glad to be venturing out and standing before some place new. The new place Mazzy was standing before was at the edge of town, with empty lots on both sides, one filled with a peculiar amount of wooden crates. Still, it was a fine-looking mercantile. Dark oak planks lined its front, where two large windows on either side of the double door offered a view of items displayed on wooden shelves. The door looked thin and wobbly and the light creaking sound it made when Mazzy opened it confirmed its budget-friendly construction. Just inside Hasty Halls, a heavy-set man behind the front counter caught Mazzy's eye. He was hunched over, and not in a happy way. His eyes scanned on a long piece of paper that cascaded out of his hands, onto the counter, and down onto the planked floor. It looked like a wish list for Santa, but judging by the man's muttering and furrowed brow, he wasn't old St. Nick, and whatever he was looking at wasn't holiday-related, at least not in a happy way. "'Good day,' said Mazzy. "'I'm looking for sugar-frost slushes,' the man pointed to the back of the shop. "'And how are they priced?' Mazzy continued. It wasn't a question she asked store clerks before living in gloom, but three years later, asking the how-it's-priced question had become a reflex. Items in gloom, especially food items, were priced in all sorts of unusual ways. There was the standard paper item method, the pay-by-crunchiness method, and, of course, the fairly common paper-choose option. Mazzy had also encountered pay-by-mood pricing, where customers paid a higher price the better their mood was that day. But... Her least favourite pricing method was the buy one, get one free. Free, she'd come to learn, was not an expression of getting something without additional cost, but rather an acronym that stood for the words, financial resources expended entirely. In short, buy one for all the tokens in your pocket. Sometimes the bofo was a good deal, but more often than not, Mazzy had found it not to be. After posing the question to the man behind the counter, Mazzy heard nothing that sounded like a packed coal answer. The man mumbled something about the weather and words, then looked up at Mazzy with a vacant stare. His eyes were a deep shade of black matching the colour of his curly hair that didn't seem to be clumpy or frizzy. The slushes, said Mazzy, reminding him of her question. 
May I ask how are they charged? It's pay by pull, the man said. One token for as much as you can get on a single handle pull. This seemed odd to Mazzy. What was stopping people from just pulling the handle for as long as they'd like? But she'd learned in her time in gloom that reasonable questions had reasonable answers, even if the situation causing the question was ridiculous. Mazzy thanked the man and then added a reaffirming phrase, just as she'd learned to do in Mr. Eerie's Sayings for Sad Days class. Just remember, she started, when gloom gives you a cloudy day, it's just because the sun's busy practicing for a brighter tomorrow. Tell that to all the bottles. The man huffed, looking at a packing box on the floor. Mazzy, being the good student she was, never left a challenge incomplete. So she tried again to say something encouraging. What I meant to say was, dreary days are best served with ice cream because the sun's not around to melt it. The man smiled in a way that said he couldn't be consoled, but was thankful Mazzy had made an effort to do just that. Satisfied, she walked toward the back of the shop, past shelves of short-sleeved sweaters, glow-in-the-dark sunglasses, a healthy selection of banana re-peelers, and several different brands of stickyless tape. At the back, next to a stack of oversized cups almost the size of one of Mr. Eerie's bobbing barrels, she found the Hasty Hall's Sugar Frost Slush Machine. This shop had two flavour options, Electric Fizz and Frost Mite. Mazzy was just about to weigh the pros and cons of each flavour when she noticed the ready-to-serve indicator was turned off on the electric fizz option. Really, she said, leaning toward the machine. Just one option? She peeked through a small glass panel that would normally show the slushy mixture being tossed around, but instead saw what looked like a small boat propeller spinning around in a bunch of water. In contrast, the frost-mite window to the left showed a viscous substance of light blue and shimmer white tumbling over on itself. How's the frost-mite? Mazzy yelled to the man at the counter. After a long pause, he muttered something back that Mazzy couldn't make out. Is it good? she continued. I mean, have you tried it? Just got it in an hour ago. Haven't tried it, bigger fish to smell, he said. Wow, Mazzy thought to herself, the first to try something. The thought excited her. After all, she was a trained detective and would have the certificate to say so just as soon as she passed her final exam. Whether the frost might flavour was tasty or not no longer mattered, as being the first to try something and document its flavour was all she cared about. She put a giant cup under the spigot for the slush and rested her bare hand gently on the handle. Before pulling, she reminded herself, it's pay per pull so don't let go until the slush is nearly overflowing. With a breath of preparation, she pulled down the handle and the sugar-frost slush started to stream into her cup. It had only been flowing for a second when the handle became ice cold. So cold, in fact, that, to Mazzy, it felt hot. Ouch, Mazzy said, releasing the handle. That's freezing. The handle popped back into its off position, dislodging thin bits of ice that had formed around the spigot's metal end. The tiny ice flakes landed in the cup. Mazzy looked in to see how much she'd gotten. 
The cup had nothing more than a dollop of slush drink in it. I can do better than that, Mazzy said, checking her pockets to confirm she indeed had two tokens. Then, with determination, Mazzy held her hands up to her mouth, exhaling long warm breaths onto them. Then she placed the cup back on the machine and pulled down on the handle. The slush started flowing, and the handle became like ice, but knowing the cold was coming helped Mazzy hold on to it longer, but not by much. After the handle snapped back again, Mazzy lifted her cup. It felt only slightly heavier. She looked inside, seeing the white slushy mix at the very bottom. It looked like a deep hole filled with the last little bit of winter's snow. Well, that's not much of a treat, Mazzy said. Not worth the two tokens, I don't think. But maybe the taste will make up for its meagre amount, she thought. On the way out of the shop, she placed two tokens on the counter. The man looked at Mazzy from over the top of the long piece of paper. What did you choose? he asked. You only had the one, Mazzy said, indicating that the electric fizz was out of order. The man cast his eyes down. His face said this was yet another mistake he'd somehow made on this dreary day. My apologies, he said, been consumed with all this. He shook the paper, drawing Mazzy's attention to it. Hope the new flavour is a good one, he said. At least you'll be the first to taste it. Me too, she said, tipping her cup forward, because I sure didn't get a lot of it. The man looked at Mazzy and then into Mazzy's cup. He paused, then slid both of her tokens back toward her. Try me again tomorrow, he said. Maybe this will all be sorted out by then and I can take a look at the sugar frost machine. On the way back to her dorm, Mazzy took small sips of the frostmite slush. She found the taste overwhelmingly cold, so cold, in fact, that it was hard to decipher the exact flavour. Berries left out in a storm, she thought, with hints of frostbitten limes. Pretty good, she thought, wanting to taste more, but deciding to save the drink for later when it had melted a little. Mazzy set the cup on the windowsill in her room, giving the icy drink a view of the steam vent just outside. I'll try more after it melts a bit, she thought, while flipping open her empty book of everything. She turned to the page with real-time listings of detective agencies looking for new agents. As the night went on, she watched as agency after agency disappeared from the page. By the time I'm tested, she thought, everyone ahead of me will have taken all the open spots. Suddenly, Mazzy's mood took a gloomier turn. The feeling reminded her of the man in the hasty hall shop, who was also having what appeared to be a bad day. Keep the rain out, Mazzy said to herself. That's an agent's job. Later in the day, Mazzy grabbed the slush cup from the window ledge, expecting to find the remainder of her drink melted and ready for a cold freeze sipping. But to her surprise, the sugar frost slush looked just as frosty as it had when it first came out of the machine. That's odd, she said. It must take more than a little dorm room warmth to melt it. Mazzy tilted the cup up into the air and took the last gulp of frost. The coldness of the drink was so intense it caused a full-body shiver. Mazzy thought she probably looked like a dog shaking water from its fur, but she wasn't wet. For the first time since she'd been to gloom, 
she was freezing. Billingsley was right, she decided. The slush drinks were delicious, cold, but delicious. She put the empty cup down on her windowsill. Ready for warmth, she slid into her bed, ready to sleep for the night. The steam vent out her window wafted thin blankets of warm mist into the air. As her eyes got heavy, she noticed the steam from the vent getting thicker and thicker, and just before slumber claimed her, she thought she saw several snowflakes dance past her window. She assumed it was her sleepy eyes playing tricks on her as it never snowed in gloom. The weather, while wet, was never cold enough for anything quite that fun. Mazzy woke up, feeling refreshed if not a tad cold. She dreamt of syrup-covered snowballs rolling down hills of wax paper. As she sat up, she wondered if the snow she'd glimpsed outside her window was real or just a part of her dreams. Throwing off her covers, she approached the window, where the hasty hall's slush cup still sat. The cup only held Mazzy's interest for a brief moment, because just inches from the cup, right on the other side of her dorm window, she noticed a clump of snow. Would you look at that? Mazzy exclaimed, peering outside. Snow! I didn't dream it. There's snow right there on the window. But how? Mazzy thought as she lifted the sugar frost cup from the windowsill. As she did, the clump of snow blew fresh flakes upward. Mazzy lowered the cup, and flakes of snow, just a few, fell from the clump towards the street below. It's the drink, said Mazzy. It's making it snow. At least a very little bit, anyway. Truth be told, she wasn't sure the drink was causing the tiny snowflakes to fall from the clump. As a soon-to-be detective, she knew it was more likely to be an errant freezer ball that some gloomy kids had tossed onto her sill and was now shedding flakes in the morning breeze. While looking out the window, her mind tried to think of all the explanations for what she'd just seen. She took the cup away from the window and tossed it in the waste bin by her desk. A second later, the clump of snow outside her window melted. Well, said Mazzy, I think it's the drink. Not conclusively, she added, but circumstantially, to say the least. Mazzy paced around her dormitory room. There were still two days before her final exams. She didn't have any classes left, but that didn't mean she could take a break from investigating the odd and unusual. She grabbed her last two tokens from the desk by her bed, donned her raincoat and galoshes, and headed north for hasty halls, hoping the frost mite flavour was still available for testing. A block from the store, right at the edge of an empty lot, Billingsley Bash ran down the street, waving at Mazzy. Agent Mazzy, Agent Mazzy, the boy said. Mazzy held out her hand to correct the boy. Not an agent yet, she reminded him. Still an enlistee for two more days. Oh, right, sorry about that, said the boy, reaching into his pocket. I have something for you, he said, handing Mazzy a wool mitten knitted with stripes of wavy colours. A mitten? Mazzy asked. Yeah, it's to pay you back for the button, the young boy pointed at the mitten. Those are my lucky meeting mittens. The boy paused. Well, half my lucky meeting mittens anyway. 
Mazzy looked at the mitten and smiled. What's a lucky meeting mitten? she asked. It's the mitten I was wearing when I met you, the boy said. Pretty lucky, don't you think? Mazzy didn't know what to say. She didn't think getting to meet her was all that lucky. In fact, meeting her in front of her dorm was pretty standard, something someone could maybe even set a watch to. She didn't know how to respond to the boy. Well, thank you, said Mazzy. Is there a left mitten to go with it, or is it a single rider? Billingsley reached into his coat pocket and pulled out the matching mitten. I have the other one, he said. I figure it could be like our own league, the League of the Lucky Meeting Mittens. Mazzy smiled. Are you sure you want me to have it? she asked. Positive, said the boy. I know you're going to join a lot of amazing leagues, but always remember this. The League of the Lucky Meeting Mittens was your first. Well, said Mazzy, before I can join a league, I must know its pledge of duties. What's that? asked the boy. The Pledge of Duties states what the League does and why it does it. No agent can join a League without knowing its pledge. It says so, plain and simple, right in the empty book, revealed by the bottle number 1516, the bottle of commitments and clubs. Oh, said the boy, thinking about the question. The Pledge of the League of Lucky Meeting Mittens is... Well, it's two. The boy looked at the ground, then the grey, gloomy sky, and then at Mazzy. I don't know what our duties should be, the boy said. Mazzy slid the mitten onto her hand, then nodded at Billingsley to do the same. How about this, she said. The pledge of the League of Lucky Meeting Mittens is to make the most of every unplanned encounter, and to help those you hadn't planned on helping. The young boy smiled and nodded. Then the mitten of Mazzy and the mitten of Billingsley made a soft thud as they met in a congratulatory high five. I think it's an important league, Mazzy said, and I think you'll make a fine agent someday. Maybe then we can make the league official. Really, said the boy. Really, confirmed Mazzy. Thanks, said Billingsley as he turned around. I'm going to go find some more members. Good thinking, said Mazzy, but perhaps your first order of business should be to find more mittens. A hard task in this town. It sure is, said the boy but I'm up for a challenge. With that, Billingsley ran toward Gloom with a skip in his step and a mitten on his hand. Mazzy walked past the empty lot to the front of Hasty Halls. She looked in the window to see if she could see what flavours were on the sugar-frost slush machine. She hoped it was the same as yesterday, as she was eager to investigate the frost might snow effect further, but she couldn't see inside. It was dark, and the shelves were stacked high with sleeveless sweaters. As she approached the store's entrance, she saw a closed sign on it. The hours of operation said it was open, so the sign caused Mazzy some concern. Then she heard a noise on the left side of the store in the empty lot that yesterday was full of wooden crates. Mazzy took a few steps to the side and peeked around the store's corner. There she saw the wooden crates, and walking amongst them was the heavy man with curly black hair. He was holding the long piece of paper from the day before, but appeared to have rolled the bottom of it into a scroll, so it wouldn't drag in the lot's damp dirt. Mazzy cleared her throat with force, then in her outside voice yelled, "'May I assist you with something?' 
The man turned toward her and waved off her offer. He muttered something unintelligible and disappeared behind a crate. Mazzy sat down on the boardwalk outside the store and took out her last two tokens. She felt a tinge of sadness as she realized she didn't have anything better to do than sit and wait for the store owner so she could investigate something. Is this what it's come to? Mazzy asked herself. Sitting on a dreary stoop in front of a dreary store while everyone else is off solving real mysteries. Mazzy rested her chin on her mittened hand. It was warm, and for a moment she took comfort in it. A second later, the boardwalk huffed and thudded as the heavy man with curly hair announced himself. Thanks for waiting, the man said. No problem, said Mazzy. Don't have much else to do. Back for another sugar frost? the man asked. Indeed, said Mazzy. No new flavours, I'm afraid, said the man. That's not a problem, said Mazzy. In fact, that's just what I was hoping for. I can't give you a refund this time. One pull, one token, the man said, unlocking the flimsy shop door. I understand, said Mazzy, following the man into the store. As she crossed the threshold from boardwalk to boarded floor, Mazzy looked at the empty lot filled with wooden crates. What's in the crates? she said. If you don't mind me asking. The man stopped and turned toward Mazzy. He held up the piece of paper he'd been carrying and let it uncurl to the floor. Mazzy looked at it. The writing was small and hard to see, but each line seemed to say the same thing. Sleds? Mazzy asked. Sleds, he said. Two hundred of them. I hate to inform you of this, Mazzy started, but it doesn't snow in gloom. Not much demand for sleds, I should think. The man furrowed his brow and walked behind the counter with hard steps. Ain't that the truth, he said. It was an accident. I placed an order at Blin Wonderby's Perfectly Ordinary Things and... The man paused and looked at the scroll of paper flowing across his floor. Well... I meant to order two ten-foot sheds, but instead I ordered two hundred ten-foot sleds. I forget to hook my H's sometimes. It's a good thing Hasty Halls has capital H's, or you might be shopping at Lasty Lols. The man laughed, the type of laugh that masked a cry. Doesn't matter, he continued. All sales are final, and I'll never be able to sell two hundred sleds, so I'll have to close down the shop and move somewhere that's as icy as it is dreary. Maybe Glumstown will have me. Maisie looked at the mitten on her hand and had an idea. Maybe it was thick enough to ward off the extreme cold from the frostbite slush handle. And if her theory was right, perhaps she could fill a cup full enough to make it snow in gloom. Even if it were only for a day or two, it might be enough to save the man's business. Then an awful thought occurred to her. Sun or rain shall not hinder what's in your brain. If this works, she thought, if I make it snow it won't be like rain, my exam might get cancelled. It may get postponed, she thought. And then a worse thought occurred to her. What if it snows a lot? What if it's a week's worth? Her theory wasn't even proven, let alone perfected. What if it snowed so hard they cancelled her final exam, She'd have to wait until the beginning of next semester to take it. I'll be months behind everyone else, Mazzy said. I won't get in with an agency. I'll be stuck in gloom forever.
She felt bad for the man, but it was his fault, right? He was the one who messed up his H's, and it wasn't fair that Mazzy's future should be ruined by an unplanned encounter. The thoughts didn't sit right in her head or her heart. She looked at the mitten on her hand and remembered her pledge of duties. To make the most of unplanned encounters, she said, and to help those I hadn't planned on helping. It's just a diploma, Mazzy said. What's a few months to save a whole store? Mazzy took an oversized cup and put it under the sugar frost machine, with her mitten-covered hand wrapped around the frostmite handle. She pulled down, prepared for the handle to turn ice cold. But the smoothness of the mitten caused the handle to slip from her grip. The handle clunked back into place, and Mazzy had nothing but a drop of frost in her cup. She looked at her tokens. One pull left, she said. This time she wrapped her mittened hand around the handle and then wrapped her unmittened hand on top of it. With steady force, she pulled the handle down. Frostmite streamed into her cup. A few seconds later, she felt the cold coming through the mitten. Hold on, Mazzy said to herself, just a little longer. Mazzy held on for as long as she could. The cold intensified, the machine iced over, and Mazzy couldn't be sure but it looked like little particles of snow had started to emanate from the machine. In a flash, the cold bite peaked and broke through the mitten's barrier. She released the handle and looked into the cup. It was full. Mazzy stuck a straw in it and walked to the counter, plopping her last two tokens down in front of the man. Looks like you got a good amount this time, said the man. I hope it's enough, said Mazzy. Enough for what? asked the man. You'll see, said Mazzy. Get those sleds unpacked. I think it's going to be a busy night. Mazzy left Hasty Halls and turned right, heading for the empty lot without the crates. She looked at the slope of the lot and its run out into the field below. It'll make a good sledding hill, Mazzy said taking a gigantic slurp of frost mite slush. She walked around the lot all afternoon, taking slurpy sips at intervals appropriate for an agent in training. When evening came, she walked a lap around gloom. She looked at all the places she'd investigated over the last three years, all the places she'd made memories at. She took gulps of frost mite slush, even though she was cold, she felt warm inside with the hope that it would snow. Mazzy walked back to the lot, and just as she had placed her first drink on the windowsill of her dorm, she took the final gulp from her current drink and placed the now empty cup in the lot next to Hasty Halls. A few minutes later, just as the stars came out, white flakes began to fall from the sky. Mazzy held out her mittened hand, and soon it was covered in white fluffy snow. I can't believe it, Mazzy said. It's snowing, I was right. It's like a wonderful blizzard out here. Her theory had proved correct, and the empty cup of now slurped down slush brought forth a sudden snowstorm that filled the town of gloom with the potential for unexpected fun. Minutes later, the lot was filled with kids, and the kids were followed by parents, and soon their parents formed a line to purchase a sled from Hasty Halls. In the midst of an unexpected bit of cold, Mazzy had never felt warmer.
she walked back to her dorm, content to be in gloom, which was good because pinned to the door of her building was a notice announcing that the remainder of the semester at Mr. Eerie's school for the odd and unusual had, in fact, been cancelled. Figures, said Mazzy. Well, that's okay. There are lots more flavours of sugar frost slush to uncover. Just then she heard a familiar voice behind her. Amazing weather we're having, the voice said. Mazzy turned around to find Billingsley Bash holding out his mittened hand. Mazzy shook it. Congratulations, the boy said. For what? asked Mazzy, thinking he was talking about the snow. Congratulations for graduating, the boy said. I'm not graduating, she said. The school is closed because of the snow. Billingsley looked at Mazzy. No, he said. The school is closed because the last student of the year passed her final exam. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a scroll. Congratulations, you are henceforth Agent de Fleur of the League of the Lucky Meeting Mittens. I'm what? exclaimed Mazzy. How? When? Today and yesterday, he replied. Your test started when we met in front of your dorm, and I'm happy to say you passed. You were my final exam? Mazzy asked, surprised. No, he said. I just administered it. Part of it, anyway, made sure things were where they needed to be. But you're just ten said Mazzy. Well, the boy started to explain, unlike yours, my schooling gloom doesn't hold classes on rainy days, so I enlisted years ago and look at me now, an undercover exam instigator. Mazzy smiled. See, didn't I say you'd make a great agent? Indeed you did, said the boy. Thank you, said Mazzy, unable to fully comprehend what was happening, I guess it truly was a lucky meeting indeed. The next morning, Mazzy packed her things and walked to the Gloom City Regret train station. On the platform, she saw the heavy man with the curly black hair. Mazzy walked up to him and smiled. Did you sell some sleds? she asked. The man nodded and reached into his pocket. From inside it, he retrieved a small glass bottle with an illustration of a curly strand on it. What's this? asked Mazzy. The man handed the bottle to her. It's what I was ordering the sheds for, to store my wife's first invention, hair conditioner, gets rid of droopy and frizzy curls, he said. Does it work? asked Mazzy. I mean, does it work on hair like mine? The man pointed at his own head of hair. It works on any curls in the rainiest of weather, he said. And seeing as you're an agent now, I imagine you'll be seeing your fair share of rain. Mazzy tucked the bottle in her pocket and thanked the man. She boarded the regret with none of her own and headed off for her next unplanned encounter. Well, there you have it. The account of Agent de Fleur and some helpful information on Bottle 7-Eleven. In addition to featuring a rousing list of sugar-frost slush drink combinations, this bottle contains a list of special flavors that require specific equipment to operate. The entry on the flavor called Frost Might, its proper use, and how to obtain a pair of good weather gloves from the League of Lucky Meeting Mittens, is of particular interest for those enlistees who own a sled. We hope this audio overview has helped you uncover content that will aid you on your odd and unusual adventure. See you in the next chapter.